Yesai Oheri, Osiapena, Yesai Ogwedi. This is Pastor Brad Abley with a Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry, a ministry that is designed to take you deeper into the Word of God. And I am happy to be with all of you today. Amor Ahinya. And uh, my friends, Osiapena, uh, I am looking forward to being back in Siaya July uh, 22nd through August the 7th. And um, I'm looking forward to joining my friend, Pastor Paul, who just does a wonderful job of interpreting. And um, we had such a wonderful time ministering together last time. But I would earnestly appeal to um, all of you who are listening to please cover this time in prayer. There will be many, um, there will be pastors' conferences, there will be evangelistic preaching, there will be uh, preaching at churches, lot of ministry. And I want, I'm believing for at least 150 salvations during those two weeks. Um, and then I just want the church through this ministry to be changed and transformed and that all of us would bear great fruit for our Lord. And that just doesn't come apart from prayer. You know, the founder of the Methodist Church, John Wesley, said this, he said, God does nothing on earth except in response to believing prayer. He does nothing on earth except in response to believing prayer. More importantly than what Wesley said, Jesus said, it is vital that men pray at all times and not quit, not faint. And in fact, uh, Jesus gave a parable on that in Luke chapter 18. And so I just want to appeal to you, my friends, to pray for us. Pray for us before the trip. Pray for us for the trip itself. And pray against counterattack after the trip is over. Let us believe that uh, we will be able to partner together with our Lord to see him bring his reformation to the church in Kenya and his revival to the church in Kenya. Would you please, pastors, would you please ask your congregations to pray against sickness, disease, and calamity and over all the powers of darkness that my flights would be on time. And uh, just let the Holy Spirit lead you as well. Now, are you ready to get into the Word of God today? There's a number of things that I want to focus on, but before we open up the Word, <coughs> excuse me, let's first pray. Walem. Amina. All right. Nyesai Wonwa. Nyesai Wora. Erokamano Ahinya for your word. And we say now, be Rojo Maler. 
and glorify the Father and the Son through the teaching and by the way we respond. And now we say, Holy Spirit, we cannot get anything out of your word unless we are fully dependent upon you. And so we ask now in Jesus' name that you would kindly open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts to receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Ruoth ogwedi ahinya jatich nyasai. Yesai obed kodi amina. Hallelujah. Komon jogo moye. We watch Yesai oti en gimau. Hallelujah. Amina. All right. Now, my friends, what I want to share with you is uh, I want to share with you a couple of things that come out of my heart whenever I teach and preach the Word of God. And I would hope that this would be the conviction of every minister of the gospel, especially those called to pulpit ministry, that is to preach and to teach the word of God. May it be that we would live in the fear of God, that is uh, supreme reverence for him. Because I'm thinking of, of what James cautions those who are called to pulpit ministry. And the reason is because a lot of people want to preach and teach the Word of God, but they want to do it for the wrong reasons. They want to preach and teach because they want to look like heroes, or they want attention, or they want money, or they want fame. And that is never, those things are never, ever, the reasons, any reasons to preach and teach the Word of God. You must be called by the Holy Spirit, and it should be evident through others. Anyone that preaches and teaches the Word of God must be humble and accountable to others. And the sobering warning is found in James chapter 3, verse 1. He says this, let not, he's, he's emphatic with that word, James 3 verse 1, let not, it would be like if we would underline it. In fact, I've underlined it in my Bible. It's emphatic, let not many of you become teachers. Watch this, my brethren, my friends. Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, Knowing that as such, we, James is including himself, James was an apostle, we will incur a stricter judgment. Think about that. We will. The word can also mean a greater condemnation. And then he goes on and gives the reason, verse 2, for we... James is including himself. Think about that. We all stumble in many ways. The word many is also emphatic in the Greek text. Look at the humility 
in this mighty man of God who was chosen by the Holy Spirit to be an apostle. He was chosen by the Lord Jesus. And then he was chosen by the Holy Spirit to write scripture. And yet, and he's teaching right here. He is writing five chapters that are in the Bible. But the warning is and remains, let not many of you become teachers, my brethren. Now he's speaking pastorally, speaking affectionately, knowing, he says, that as such we will incur a stricter judgment, for we all stumble in many ways. And then one of those chief ways that he points out is with our speech. If anyone, he says, does not stumble in what he says, he is a mature man, able to bridle the whole body as well. And then he goes on and speaks more about the, the potential destructive power of our tongue. And so those who are called to pulpit ministry have got to daily work on what's in our heart so that what comes out of our mouth is something that edifies and pleases the Lord. Now, my friends, I think the only thing I can think of is that that, that requires a lifestyle of repentance, which I like to call the gift of repentance. You know, I try to allow the Holy Spirit in my prayer time before I ever preach on the radio. I'm seeking the Holy Spirit for me. I'm wanting him to make sure that he cleanses me or reveals anything in me, attitudes, uh, anything that is displeasing to the Lord. And I always, 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 when before I preach, one of my many prayers is set a guard over my lips and keep watch over the door of my mouth. That's a prayer that that I learned from uh, the psalmist. Let's see, I'm going to turn there now. I believe, if I recall correctly, it's in Psalm 141. Uh, yes, it is. Psalm 141, and, and it's a psalm of David. And he says, um, well, I, let me just read the whole thing, or, or the first three verses. Psalm 141, verses 1 through 3. O Yahweh, I call upon you. Hasten to me. That is, come quickly to me. Give ear to my voice when I call to you. Now, that tells me the way David is writing is there's a sense of urgency and earnestness in him. It's one of the things that we love about David, the man after God's own heart. And then he prays in verse 2, May my prayer be counted as incense before you. That is a sweet aroma, a fragrance arising up to God 
the lifting up of my hands as the evening offering. There's one among many reasons why we believers raise our hands to the Lord. That is a, a sign of surrender. It's a sign of appeal. It's a sign of humility. And it's a sign of submission and surrender. And then this prayer that I have been praying for decades now, verse 3, set a guard, O Yahweh, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. That tells us, my friends, doesn't it, that not only was James highly conscientious about our tendency to sin with our speech, but so was David. And David, understanding that, went to the Lord and said, help me, protect my heart. And I, I think that's something that is so important. Listen, my friends, those who preach and teach the word of God can bring great destruction to the lives of people if we are not careful with what we say and how we say it. If we're not careful with what goes on in our hearts. Listen, this happens every day all over the world. And we better keep in mind uh, Jesus' warning of, of causing uh, someone to stumble because of what we say or do. He said it would be better if a millstone was tied around your neck and we were cast into the sea than to cause anyone to stumble by what we say. Now, I'm telling you, my friends, that what we've just gone over, that should put the fear of God in all of us. May the Holy Spirit help us to live with a sense of sobriety and humility and daily take advantage of the gift of repentance. That is a gift. Why a Christian would not be seeking to be open to the Holy Spirit for correction and open to others for correction and therefore live a lifestyle of repentance. Why Christians? That should be automatic in the life of every believer, but it's not. I can assure you, I see it all the time. How few Christians, especially Christian leaders, refuse to repent or apologize or humble themselves before others. It is mind-boggling to me, but it's true. And I'm praying that this message itself would change the way we operate. Now, the second thing that is on my heart is to share with you the job description, if you will, See, every, every preacher has a job description. And one of our job descriptions can be found in Colossians 1, verse 28. Colossians 1 and verse 28. Look at what Paul says. Colossians 1, verse 28. He says, we proclaim him. 
who are are who are they proclaiming Christ they are proclaiming Jesus we proclaim him admonishing every man and that is, the word admonish means to correct through warning also to correct simply through instruction that tells us that the holy spirit and the apostle paul know what goes on in our hearts we need the the loving authoritative word of god to change us and transform us now he says we proclaim him admonishing every man and teaching every man how with all wisdom and notice the purpose so that we may present every man complete in christ that my friends is one of the preeminent job descriptions of a minister of the gospel this should be in our hearts at all times and we ought to remind ourselves of this before we preach i have right to my left i'm sitting at my desk and i i do my messages sitting at my desk uh, here in chesapeake virginia the state of virginia on the east coast of the united states and i have a sermon preparation checklist which i'd be happy to send out to any of you and you will see that on page one i have this very verse the major goal of preaching should be this from colossians 1 28 through 29 it's on it's on page one of my sermon preparation checklist it's two full pages i'll have to email it to uh, pastor paul uh, to email out to anybody else well let's let's finish this to these two verses paul says we proclaim him admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom you see we paul called himself a wise master builder and the preacher or teacher of god's word must be desperate for the wisdom of god to know what to say what not to say when to say it and when not to say it and how to apply what is being taught so we should always that's what the book of Proverbs tells us, which I urge you to study Proverbs. I just read Proverbs 18 uh, this morning. And what does the book of Proverbs urge us to? To seek God for his wisdom, his understanding, and his discernment. If you're praying for me and Pastor Paul, please pray for these things in our lives and in the lives of our wives. Pastor Paul's wife is Vivian. My wife's name is Maureen. We look to our wives. They are great, great, perhaps the greatest human blessings we have from God. And they're very wise, godly women. So he says, we proclaim him admonishing every man and preaching and teaching every man with all wisdom. Why? 
so that we may present every man complete in Christ. That is one of the goals of our teaching and preaching ministry. And Paul then says in verse 29, for this purpose also I labor. You know, the Greek word translated labor there is, is working to the point of exhaustion. The preaching and the teaching of the word of God is a major task. And I know 99% of you that teach and preach God's word work a full-time job. So I understand the difficulty for you. But let me just tell you something. Those, there are many throughout the world whose full-time job it is to be a pastor. They get paid by their churches. But that is no guarantee that they put in, trust me, I know, sufficient amount of time to study the Word of God and prepare their messages. So I just want to let you know that. You might think, well, I wish I had more time. But let me tell you, my friends, there are many preachers that have the time, but they don't have the discipline. So he says, for this purpose, also I labor, striving. <laughs> the word is is where we get in English the word agonize over. You see, this, this requires great effort and focus and concentration. For this purpose, verse 29, also I labor, striving, but how? Not according to Paul's own power, according to his power, which mightily works within me. That means Paul was a man of prayer. And we should never, ever involve ourselves in pulpit ministry unless we are men and women of prayer before we ever get to that pulpit. Praying earnestly for ourselves, praying for the congregation, praying in faith. What do you expect God to do in your message? What is your, what is your faith goal? What do you sense the Lord wanting to do through your message? If we don't walk into that pulpit with a sense of expectation, then nothing will happen. Are you believing for salvations? If so, then you need to weave salvation throughout your message and then give a salvation invitation at the end and then have people ready to receive new believers. If you are trusting God for whatever it is, then that should be part of your praying. And then I would urge you to pray for the congregation that they would come on time hungry and thirsty for God and for his word and eager to put it into practice. Ask God to give you a greater love for the people. Ask God to give you his heart for the people. You can see there's so many ways that we can be praying for the congregation. My friends, when if you will do this, you will see a difference in your preaching. You will see a difference in your congregation. Maybe not right away, but eventually it will happen. Now, the last thing I want to mention that is on my heart when I preach, but 
it's not just on my heart when I preach. It's on my heart all the time. And it's something that I want to address to the church in Kenya, but really for the church throughout the world. And it comes from 2 Chronicles chapter 4. 2 Chronicles chapter 4. Paul says this, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we received mercy, we do not lose heart. That is, we don't quit. That tells you that ministry is not for the faint-hearted. May the Holy Spirit encourage many of you to persevere. But we have renounced the things hidden because of shame. Listen to that. We have renounced, we speak off the things hidden because of shame. That is walking in darkness, uh, not living lives of integrity. He says, not walking in craftiness, that is willing to do, ready to do anything, trickery, or adulterating the word of God. That is to use deceit or bait to ensnare, uh, to corrupt, not adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Did you hear that? In the sight of God. You see, my friends, Osiapena, that's why we need to have a lifestyle of repentance. God is watching every sing, single thing that we do. Do we compromise? Do we lie? Do we manipulate to try to get people to do what we want? Or are we, is our attitude one of utter awe that God would choose us and is our attitude one of serving his purposes by serving his people like Jesus? Or do we try to make it all about us? You see where I'm going with this? There's a, is, there's a Christ-like attitude to ministry and there is a fleshly, carnal, ultimately demonic approach to Christian ministry. And so there it is. I don't have a title for this message, but maybe I could just say the heart of Pastor Brad for all ministers. There's a title. The heart of Pastor Brad for all ministers. But don't, don't praise me. I'm just getting it from James. I'm getting it from the Apostle Paul who gets it from the Holy Spirit. That's what this is all about. And so may the Lord bless the church of Kenya with revival and with reformation and with men and women of God after his own heart who will be like John the Baptist who said of Jesus, he must increase and I must decrease. And now, Father, I'm asking that you would refresh those that need refreshing. 
Renew those that need to be renewed. Convict those that need to be convicted. Heal bodies throughout this listening audience. My friends, in the name of Jesus, receive his healing power in your bodies. And Father, bring renewal in the economy and in the government and provision financially in every way to my beloved friends in Kenya in the name of Jesus. Amina.